God, look at it go. Um, that is so fucking funny. I, 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 we just, I got to give you this context because this, it is likely that this is going to be a weird one because this is uh, the last episode that the three of us are going to record in person for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. It's a real bummer. Our beloved Janine leaves for the wilds of Washington tomorrow morning. Listen to that poor. Um, and a Guinness just exploded mm. right in his face. It was it, it's so delicious and refreshing. How did how is the non-alcoholic Guinness? Is it good? It's I actually, can see that it would be. Yeah, it actually it has the same consistency you'd hope for. Um, it's it's missing something. You can tell it's missing something, right. but like nothing. It's not like having an O'Doul's. Amazing. It's really good. Also, excellent shade on O'Doul's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's even worse than O'Doul's though? What? St. Pauli girl. Oh no. <laughs> exist oh yeah dude i had it in uh Mm. vegas it was the only non-alcoholic beer they had at this bar that tom and i were at and um that shit does not taste good Mm. this episode not brought to you by saint Pauli girl (laughs) saint Pauli girl (laughs) nah not on tonight (laughs) not on tonight um so yeah so this is our last in-person janine episode and um and we're gonna have some feelings i suspect Yeah. yeah which is Probably good because this episode, meh, meh. <laughs> and by this episode I mean uh, season six, episode seven of Outlander, titled "Sticks and Stones." Oh, which I don't know if you're familiar with the with this particular turn of phrase, but "sticks and stones" may break your bones, but words. I can't remember the rest. We'll, of ne- we'll never hurt you. Wait a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. At the last last time we were here, mm-hmm. we left on a heavy cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh yeah. And this oh. episode doesn't like. We'll discuss it. It there's uh, this is a um, classic. Oh, also, by the way, uh, I have learned from the internet that uh, mostly because I was doing some website check something, so I was typing Podlander Drunkcast into Google. Um, and the first suggestion that came up was Podlander Drunkcast hosts, right? What? Uh, That's so, the auto-populate? Yeah. People are so, trying to find us? Yes. So Fuck this up. is where Jesus. for newcomers, I will say that the whole shtick here for uh, exactly 90 more minutes or however long we're recording is that there are three of us. I have read the books and watched the show and uh, and I'm a TV critic is my job. That's my actual job. Julie uh, has not read the books. She watches the show, and she's the funny one. And then, <laughs> speaking of fucking bullshit, uh, <laughs> and then there's Janine, who it used the shtick used to be Janine doesn't watch the show and also doesn't have a microphone. And then, <laughs> then, then the internet collectively rose up. They um, fucking pitchforks. Man. Collective action. They um, unionized and said, "What do we want? A microphone for Janine? When do we want it? Sixteen episodes ago." Um, <laughs> And we got Janine a microphone. Uh, so when I say what I'm about to say, this is because it's uh, because it's m- my job to recognize shit like this. Um, episodes like this one, penultimate episodes, are often like 
the calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't good. And I don't think this is a bad episode. No. Like it's good. It does exactly what it's supposed to, mm. but it's, um, it's the edging. treading water a little bit. No, it's not edging because it's, it's about to get to the climax. No, it's like, it's, um, we need to stall. We need to stall. Lotsy. We need to stall. We need to stall. Lotsy. We need to stall. We need to stall. Katrina Belf wins an Emmy. Lotsy. And then, the plot moves forward. Got it. Basically. Oh, okay. Um, I would 100% agree with everything she said. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So it's, uh, it's like the, w- when you're at the top of the roller coaster and sometimes it just sits there and it's too long, but, and you're like, uh, 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 and then, like, and then uh, you're like, okay. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm that. Michael Cohn. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, um, <laughs> this, that extended like, uh, 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 okay. I can't, but de- and then is, it's the episode equivalent of really thinking you have to sneeze and really get yes! into it and then not sneeze. Julie, oh. who's the professional TV critic? No, that's what it is. Oh wow, um, it's not bad. Okay. It's just like mm, yeah, when it's over. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so there's a disconnect here in that we are like oh but this feeling we have some feelings and then the episode is like. <laughs> Lotsy, but boom, boom, boom. Time to make a Perry Mason joke. Boom, boom. I will say this though: one of the Lotsies or one of the MacGuffins, if you want to call it that, is so fucking awesome. I almost stood up and cheered until I thought about it a little bit more deeply, and then got a little grossed out. But you'll hear. Okay. You remember Chekhov's ointment? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember Chekhov's ointment? Remember when she said that we're going to call that Chekhov's ointment when uh, the oh. Beardsley twins were going to take care of Chekhov's Lizzie? ointment goes off in this episode, if you know what I mean. Oh, um, hello. Uh-huh. hello. Get ready. Wait. Get ready. Um, that's the Lassie. best thing. Well, no, that's the second best thing about this episode. The actual best thing about it is a scene that Katrina Balf has. Yes. Cool. Which is why I said that Katrina Balf wins an Emmy. Exactly. Well, and uh, I, I do feel the need to mention that this is going to be an incredibly competitive year at the Emmys for acting. So prepare yourselves to potentially be disappointed. Mm. But she, Nailed if there it. is any justice in the world, should absolutely be in the hunt. Um so so let's do this thing. Let's um I even this time wrote down writer and director cuz I'm learning. So did I, but it's the only thing I wrote down, so I didn't bring my notebook because it was literally the only thing I wrote down. All right. Oops. Uh um, writers but, oh, Daniel more, Barrow. I wanted I, I wanted to say two more things before I forget. One, um I need to know if we took a page of Julie's notes and put them on a t-shirt, who would buy them? Um <laughs> Did a poll just activate? Yes, somewhere. <laughs> so, t- please tell us. Two, um, Janine, this is what I was going to start the episode with until you're going to Until I fucking, yeah. Can we, after we record this episode proper, do one more Janine's Corner, where sure. we make Julie go in the bedroom and put her fingers in her ears, and then we do a Janine's Corner for the In the Books folks? Because there's a thing that happens in the most recent book that I cannot wait Um however many years it's going to take before we get there. Uh, I just, I just need to tell one of you. And okay. since you're leaving, I'm the, I'm you're the right. Yeah. Lock tight. Okay. Let's do it. Great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now but back to the, again, this episode. So I just want to talk about other things, but let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Writer, Daniel Barrow, director, Jamie Payne. You know what? Serviceable, serviceable work all the way around, uh-huh. including filling me at one moment with great delight. So great. 
Good job. We open before the credits with Malva in the church testifying. And it's like, oh, flashback, right? Because we definitely saw her dead meat. We know she's dead. Oh, she's yeah. extremely she's dead. She's the so most dead. She could not be more dead. Such no. an she's so dead. dead that if Malva came outside of her own body, she could cut off her own fingers for a love charm without it being a difficulty at all. You're right. That's how dead she is. Very yes. dead. Extremely so dead. dead. Um, but we get a little flashback about her talking in the church about being assaulted by someone that she respected and trusted. The devil can come. She's talking. She's basically casting her assailant as the devil, and everybody knows she's talking about Jamie. Oh. But she's not saying his name out loud. But it's also like this weird little thing because she could be talking about her dad. She could be talking about her brother. Yeah. Like it's it's intentionally vague. I mean, we, because of the last episode, know that she's probably trying to get more people drummed up on this gossip about Jamie so yeah. that she has more leverage and more power. But whatever. It could be. It's, it, it's complicated. <laughs> but we also know from um, some context earlier in the season that uh, – that her dad was, uh, it's very likely that her dad was like, you dirty whore, you need to confess what you did to the church. Mm-hmm. So whether or not this is something she chose to do is up, up in, in the, the air. air. Right. Sure. We'll never know. Well, I mean, she said what she said, obviously, but um, the impetus for doing that is unclear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, is this a flashback or was it all a dream? God, I will be pissed off if that is the case. No. And then, and oh, then no. flashback. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because don't fucking okay. lost me again, bitches. Don't ever <laughs> no. lost me again. It's, um, that I won't, I won't be fooled again. I, I like the lost finale. Ooh. It's just me. Um, but I'm, I'm no, with you. I didn't, I didn't hate it. I, wasn't I mean, upset. I don't, I don't say, I'm not going to say I love it, but I, but, but well, I wasn't upset. I wasn't upset. Could have been way more upset. You know what I was upset by? Pee pool. Yes. The pee pool. But that was not in the finale. No, it was the episode before. Pee pool. But the idea that the pee pee pool existed. The fucking golden showers pool. I totally forgot about that. See, don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, really don't remember. You know what? Let Lost go. Let it go, baby. You know what? I lost it. Oh! (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go ahead and check that off my list of things we need to make sure that Janine does one more time before the end. Um, terrible joke. Check. <laughs> Wait, I only Done. get one? No, of course no. you get as many as you want, sweetheart. There will be more than one. Just making sure. It's just all off my bingo card. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. You know what? You know what this episode has a lot of? Mm. Hot piss. Mm-hmm. Be careful what you wish for, because... We always want more hot piss. And yeah. I'm very glad that we get a lot of hot piss in this episode. But when you got that much hot piss, some of it's lukewarm. And then sometimes you get a pee pool. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Too much hot piss is a pee pool. She is fucking right. I can't believe she just leaked that shit. And now it's over. I'm just going to press stop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Um, okay. So this is our pee pool episode, but some good shit in there. So Malva told everybody. She got up in church and said it. That's what we see. Okay. And then this time I really paid attention to the title card, and I got to tell you something. Y'all, there was a title card last episode. It was just so brief and so interwoven we missed it. It was the elk that dies like crossing into the stream. Oh. oh. I loved this title card. This one was very cute if you like ladybugs see, and I don't blood. Think it, I don't think <laughs> okay. it was cute. I know it wasn't cute. Okay, good. It's, um, you know how we said that when – 
when Claire found Malva's body, she had like pushed over a bunch of like grass or reeds or something, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. wheat, whatever. It was a some sort of plant life, like mm-hmm. like stiff looking plant life, and there's a ladybug crawling up the back of it, so it's like red going up instead of coming down. It was very cool. And then it came around one edge and there's a big drop of blood on the reed or, yeah. or whatever it is. And then the ladybug's like, fuck no, and nopes <laughs> out around <laughs> the end. Yeah. Yep. It's um cool. it's a really that good little That's a yeah. good one. Sometimes those are too on the nose. This one was great. So then we open on the turnip patch with the very, very dead Malva Christie's body. Oh my God. And it's Jamie and Claire and Dad and get fucked face Christie. And I have to say that I was really, really surprised at how mm, not freaked out either one of them were. Was this like, like once the shock is like, no, there was like little to no. I mean, the brother was a little bit more fucked up than Tom, but they were both kind of just like, she's dead. Like that. Like, yeah. did it feel that way? Well, um, yes. Okay. But I think we already know that Tom Christie is like a, he's a shut it down guy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he's got one setting. The actor has infinite settings. Yes. yes. Tom Christie has one setting. <laughs> and I think uh, it is meant to be ambiguous exactly what's going on underneath that okay. setting. Mm-hmm. Um I think that after watching all of the performative outrage from Alan Christie, that it's very weird that he's so chill. Yeah. Um, and like, sh- not shake. I was about to say shaken, but it's not, he's not shaken. No, that's the thing. There was no shock. It there was, was no, like if you just walked up and saw your sister's dead body Claire with her throat is slit. shocked. Oh, I of believe course. it. Cause um, yeah. Jamie is Sam is really good in this episode. Yes. Um, looks unwell. Yeah. Um, Tom Christie, again, one setting. So who knows what's going on but Alan. That. Uh, but Alan is, it's weird. Get fucked face is kind of weirdly calm about it. Yeah. Whatever. But Tom opens with an amazing question. How long did it take her to die? Do you think she had enough time to pray for her eternal soul? Oh my God. Yeah. Motherfuck. Uh, yeah. This guy. <laughs> right? Gross. Oh God. Loads of fun at parties. Oh. It's an interesting scene because he's asking the question. He's very clearly asking the question as a father, but there's this tension that runs over the whole episode, uh, which is part of what I think makes it a little bit underwhelming is the whole episode. It's like what they're trying to get us to wonder is whether or not Claire did it. But um, Claire is the hero (laughs) She, she definitely didn't kill Malva Christie in the garden. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's plot armor. That's yeah. not me saying that as a book reader. That is... That is Jamie cheated on Claire with this bitch. Hell no, he No, didn't. absolutely right. not. No. It's... Yeah. There are... There are characters that you can see there being a shocking turn, right? But we have a shocking turn for Claire this season. It's the ether. The ether is a shock enough. That's shocking. <laughs> yeah. And it's shocking within the realm of possibility. Yes. Um, 
the ambiguity Claire is experiencing is interesting, but I think the episode sort of wants us to wonder, and we we just don't. No. Uh, so oh, instead, the question that the episode ends up asking is, well, when does Claire officially get accused of murder? Uh, and the answer is, at the very end, uh, um, mm-hmm. because they just need to spin those wheels uh, so that they can gear up for the finale, and then it's like, all bets are off. Mm. Um, and there's still good things that happens, but yeah, it's... As they're doing this scene, this that's how I'm how I got there. As they're going through this scene, Tom is asking questions like, How long did it take her to die? Did she have time to pray? But what's hanging overhead of all of that is how long did it take her to die right outside your surgery when you were apparently in your surgery and she was murdered and somehow you were in there and you didn't know, right? Like that's, and Claire is obviously being extremely cagey. She's like, oh, well, it was busy in the surgery. It doesn't make any sense. No. And no one is coming out and saying it because Jamie Fraser will fucking murder you. Yeah, he will. <laughs> he is ready. You can see everyone's like, ride or die, bitch, ride or die. <laughs> All right. Um, spoiler when eventually it's time to accuse Claire of murder um a small army shows up because you know <laughs> don't fuck with this man the, like everybody knows he man. is a known serial killer bear killer bear killer <laughs> he's, he's killed a lot of people yeah. and one of them was in a bear suit <laughs> <laughs> so um I, th- I had a note here where uh, Tom is like, we're going to bury this whore in the woods. She doesn't get a consecrated burial. And it's like, damn, this guy fucking sucks. Wow. And then Claire, is, Claire and Jamie are like, absolutely not. She will be buried in the Ridge Cemetery in consecrated ground. We are doing this. It is my land. Jamie actually like bows yeah. up on him. He's like, my land, my rule. She gets buried in the graveyard. Yeah. Okay. And then Claire is like, I volunteered to six feet under that bitch. <laughs> like she's got to sew up the neck and like do all the like after dead shit to Malva's body. It's, we get a lot of the photography oh, in this episode. Why? This isn't the one that you should watch. Gene. Obviously episode six is the one you should watch, yeah, but totally. there's some really interesting um, photography in this one. There's a lot of like extreme close-ups of Claire's hand holding the needle, needle and shaking. shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like some very, a lot of really interesting out of focus shit, especially once a certain brown town ass clown starts showing back up. <laughs> Too much brown town ass clown. Um, there's a lot of he's in the frame, but he's out of focus. Or his or mouth he, isn't moving, or he's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, so this was like a cinematographer's dream on this one. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we, got, we have a mood we have to share, yeah. and yeah. this is how it's going to go. Uh, I think they go to the well too often, but it's always well handled like the photography is really nice Mm. um and by that i mean terrible it's i never expected that my favorite outlander mode would be horror movie mode but it turns out beardsley's house house of of horrors and last episode oh yeah fucking and the undercurrent like the aftershock i guess of the last episode when we go to that horrifying place in this episode it it is effective Mm. like this there's too much of the brown stuff but Mm -hmm. some of it is very effective uh, very effective it's horrifying so we cut uh, well first of all that first scene just ends with everybody just staring at claire like uh duh (laughs) and claire being like put the kettle on like yeah it's bad for claire and then um we flash to the surgery and you've got Malva's dead body laid out on the table underneath the sheet. You can tell because it's a visibly pregnant, very dead body. And then Claire turns around and it's a close up of the ether mask being like, Hey, I'm right here. (laughs) Why don't you fucking just put me over your face and just fucking pass the fucking out. Uh, We're essentially doing like a dare video now. 
Hey, Claire, it's me. <laughs> You're looking pretty good, mask. Duel. Why, why don't we get back together? I miss you. I miss you, babe. <laughs> and you see her, you she, uh, you see her like look at it and actually have a moment of trying to resist it. This is really the first time we've seen her actively try to resist it. But then she has this weird flash in her brain. And you know she's been having these kind of hallucinations yeah. recently, so this is like part of that. Let me see what did I read. She's got the shakes, and this might be when she's picking up the needle. And uh the death bird showed up, y'all. Oh yeah. Death sparrow. She gets showed um, up. She gets flashes of all kinds of earlier shit, sort of a couple of times in this episode. Galus made it. We get some Galus, we get some Dougal, we get some Frank. Oh. And it's all stuff we've heard before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, She's flashing back, so it's not like they got Tobias Menzies on the phone. Like, can you hop on Zoom? We just need to... Can you just do this one line for you, please? But (laughs) she is obviously... Claire's thrust through this episode is... Of course I didn't do this, except for maybe I did. And the reason I don't know is because I'm a drug addict. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also have to confront the fact that I can see myself being the person who did this. Like, I can see that there is a possibility that this was me and I somehow don't know. Yeah. Um, It's fucking Katrina is amazing. She's amazing in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, she's really great. Um, What did I say? Maybe. Oh, and then she like... She gets so shaky after she has this hallucination. Mm. Um, shout out to Deathbird. Uh, she storms. She kind of like stumbles out of the stu- uh, the surgery, and you know how it's across that open air walkway from their parlor. She stumbles into their parlor and grabs the bottle of whiskey. And I'm like, well, I guess it's not ether, but maybe this isn't a really good right idea right now. And then she throws the top of the decanter onto the table, and while she pours two huge doubles of whiskey and drinks them and that little crystal decanter top goes shh, 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 for like 30 seconds and i'm like give it an emmy oh yeah <laughs> it's great yeah i actually what is that was that, <laughs> that om- decanter stopper should win a cameo emmy. Was, was that a almost like an inception top kind of situation it was definitely <laughs> something because it showed you how alone she was in that moment yeah how very alone she was oh. yeah it was a great little detail yeah it was wow. great like, Emmy for the fucking stopper. You know, and I know there's there's a lot more to go through, but I'm knowing that we're getting to get to her Emmy moment at the end of this. Oh my god, it's so good. Episode, it's it's a uh, striking me to me how like sh- there's a very specific goal after seeing Malbum dead and mm-hmm. all that jazz, um, but like Katrina's like milking it for all it's worth in the best way possible. Oh well, is, what's happening is we're finally getting to watch Claire come to terms with all of her past trauma. Yeah. Like she's finally truly starting to accept it and let it through to her. Interesting. She has a very great piece monologue in here about compartmentalization and how she's had to do that her entire life. Like when she was a nurse in Mm. the forces and all that shit. And so this is her admitting that that is going away. And now she is being forced to confront all these things in her past. Oh wow. Right. So it's great. And a lot of things that she feels, I mean, obviously trauma that she has experienced, but also a lot of guilt and shame. And those things seem as they often are to be linked. Yeah. So if you ask Claire intellectually, does she think she deserves what happened to her at the end of last season? No. I'm sure she would say no, but there's some part of her that thinks that she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thinks that she is a terrible person and that everything bad that has happened to her and the people in her life 
has happened because of who she is and because of her selfishness and Be- because, because of her. Because the choice she made to go back in the past. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, so, Allison, tell me who Mr. Crombie is. I don't know. I don't remember this fucker. Hiram Crombie, um, we, he's been in this... We talked about him a couple episodes ago, okay. and I think I was like, he is a significant figure on the ridge. Okay. Hiram Crombie is... Um, uh, he's old man shakes fist at cloud. Oh shit! Um, that with guy. Jesus, mm-hmm. um, he does not. He's not into the Catholics. He's not into the women folks. He's not into all kinds of shit. Um, and he has a lot of say um, with the Fisher folk and with the other non-Catholics on the ridge. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna be around. Hiram Crombie sticks around. Well, Hiram Crombie likes to stir some shit up. He does. Ooh, girl. He came to the house. Oh, no. He walks right Hiram up Crumbie to the house. Hiram Crombie is a messy bitch who lives for drama. <laughs> he, he is oh, He no. is bringing the drama. I was, <laughs> I, frankly, when he walked away, I was like, damn, thanks for bumping it up a little bit, Hiram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he shows up and basically just is like, hey, we know what's going on. Your wife did it. Like... Is this when the army showed it's up? It's like or it just... two ticks away from murderous says what? Yeah. <laughs> murderous says what? He, and he just keeps pushing Jamie. And you can see Jamie being like, get the fuck away from me before I destroy you. But it's all, it's, it's that Jamie tells him to speak plainly. Mm. Like he comes down and he's like, speak plainly. And then it's nothing but your wife is a murdering whore. Ooh, yeah, it's not great. Ooh, yeah. ooh, buddy. Right. Jesus. And then uh, Jamie <laughs> says, um, if you value your life, choose your next words carefully. And then he shuts the fuck up, turns around and walks away because he might be smart. He just he'll It's turn. weird. You hear this like, <laughs> this like sound and that's his balls going up inside his body. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, he's like, this guy's killed like 60 people. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah. And then... Um, we're back to Claire, and this begins a thing that happens, I think, about three times too many in the episode. Claire is now continually, like, living with Browntown as clown haunting her. Oh, wow. And it's not just when she's doing ether. It's like he is representing all of the fear and guilt and shame inside of her. Mm. And sometimes... As Allison was talking earlier, the cinematography, like, he'll be kind of out of frame, but he's still in the scene. Oh. And, like, kind of, like misty edges sometimes he talks directly to her sometimes she just hears him and his mouth isn't moving like he he's become part of her or she'll be she'll be at the center of the frame and you'll just see like a blurry outline walk behind her that kind of shit so she's being haunted yeah it's um uh it's super effective they just julie's right they do it too many times but the gist is in fact i don't know that this episode is going to be super long because we've covered a lot of the plot already mm-hmm. of this section of the plot of yeah. what Claire is dealing with. And maybe that's the way to go about it. Maybe we do everything from that storyline first and then we, and then we go back to the other, everything from what Claire is going through. Yeah. God, that's so hard for me with my notes, but oh, I will, then no, no, I no, will no, attempt no. it. Nope. Then we don't have to. That's totally fine. I will attempt it. Uh, nope. Mm. That's cool. That's, that's all right. Yeah. Um, so 
basically it's just this episode is claire's like oh god and then brown town will show up and say some t- like murderous she's like yeah you're right i think maybe that's possible and then over <laughs> over there is a little ether mask going hey baby come here let's fucking hang out why don't we ever talk anymore oh my god yeah yeah it's like that oh my god um Let's it's, see. R- it's rough. Yeah. Oh my god. This is when Lizzie shows up and Janine, what? Strap your ass to that chair cuz there's some shit coming to you right now that's going to blow your damn mind. I'm, I'm holding my other mic. This is when I need to briefly <laughs> apologize for lightly spo- you will not remember. Okay. Um but earlier in the season I did that thing where I'm remembering parts of the book but for I'm picturing the actors in the show so I think it's already happened but it hasn't. Some of this what you're about to hear, I accidentally spoiled on the show. And book readers would be the only people who caught it. Okay. Um, I kind of saw it coming, but it's because it's been like Lizzie's liberation on the ridge is a slow burn in the background this whole time. And I know that the Beardsley twins like her. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of knew what was coming. Anyway, Lizzie comes into the room. I don't know why Bree's there. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go that in depth. But Bree, like, looks over and sees some grass in the back of Lizzie's hair, like, hey. And she's like, what have you been up to? What's going on? And she's like, oh, uh, nothing, nothing. And then, like, tries to move away. And we're all like, well, what? No, what? We know what hay in a woman's hair means. <laughs> Somebody's getting fucked in a stable. Yeah? Yeah. 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 And I was like, Lizzie has shit in her hair. Was she laying on the ground? <laughs> She was in the stable on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Lizzie. I mean, oh, well, I mean, yeah. And in the middle of this scene, fucking what's his name shows up, dude that was fucking Malva behind the uh, lectern of the, 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 the fucking pulpit. What Henderson? Uh, Obadiah Henderson. And he tries to spin this shit, and Roger is standing right there, like, bro, bro, bro. It's actually credit to Richard Rankin. It's pretty funny. He's like, gee. I know you and Malva were friends. It must be really sad for you. He's like, what? What are you talking about? It's like, J- I, you know, because you knew Malva, you know, you knew Malva, you knew Malva, wink, wink. And he's like, I don't know. What are you saying? What are you saying? Like, and you finally Roger's right. like, uh, yeah, I remember I was there. <laughs> I like, I, I saw you guys. Fucking. I, I saw you. I saw you fucking in the, ch- in the church. <laughs> uh, do you, do you not remember that bro? <laughs> he's like, come on. And, Fucking nothing from this guy except more shit about Claire, right? Because let's pin it on a woman. Well, and he wanted to show up to be like, where's Ian, huh? Mm -hmm. How come he gets to go around and ask who murdered Malva when we all know it was your wife? Because also, remember when he punched me in the face? He punched me in the face! That's right, because Jamie has sent Ian and a couple of other people out to talk to everybody on the ridge. Oh, right. Jamie was like, Ian, go find the Beardsleys and go... Go around Collect the evidence. and get, get info. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it was in the scene with Lizzie. We get um, uh, a, we get Roger talking about Perry Mason. Yes. Um, and they talk about motive, means, and opportunity. Motive, means, and opportunity. And Claire's like, me. Uh, oh, God. I had, it's me. It's, I, have mo- I have motive. I'm the only one that fits a Perry Mason profile. <laughs> I have opportunity. Mom. me. Somebody call Raymond Burr. <laughs> Um, so basically it's, or it, Matthew Reese, right? Or Matthew Reese. <laughs> <laughs> the grim, dark Perry Mason. It's, it's, it's grim, but he's, 
He's real hot. Yeah, he is. There's a scene in the new Perry Mason where he fucks so hard he falls off the side of the bed and gets wedged in between the bed and the wall. Oh yeah, you've yeah. sucked. Yeah, guys, <laughs> it's a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say that sounds amazing. It's a good scene of television. Anyway, um, it's. Basically, there's a little bit of, like, Ridge CSI. Frankly, there's not enough Ridge CSI. Mm -hmm. This episode could use less Browntown, more Ridge CSI. Agreed. It it should have been three parts. It should have been Claire is melting down, who killed Malva Christie, Mm -hmm. and the Lizzie storyline. Instead, it was the Lizzie storyline and Claire melts down, and then occasionally Roger's like, hmm, who done it? And that's what it. happened. I, I, w- I would like it to be, this is a minor adjustment, a Ridge murder. She wrote that could have happened, but there's nobody as stylish as Jessica Fletcher on the Ridge. Yeah. Oh, okay, there, she, the thing with Jessica Fletcher is she's always unbothered. She, th- Angela Lansbury is the queen of, um, she figures out who did it. And she's like, that's really too bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that you are going to go to prison for the rest of your life. I got to go make a casserole. And then she just goes back <laughs> to her life. Gone. She runs in her little sweatsuit. Um, so Claire's not, at, Claire's not at that point. Claire She's not. not no. yeah. um, it really is Roger like, have we thought to check for fingerprints? Does anyone have a black light we could use? <laughs> like it's, it's, there's a little of that. Not nearly enough though. Oh. So at dinner on the Ridge, it's like the family Claire, Jamie, Bree, Roger, and Ian. And Ian's kind of like reliving all the people he was talking to that day. And he mentions that the Sin Eater had died in his hut. And that it was really weird that like his finger bones were missing. And then Bree's like, do you think those were part of that love charm we saw? And nobody like really, like it kind of just goes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so we know that Malva was fucking going in there and harvesting that dude's fingers. Jeez. Mm. And then there's a, a scene with Jamie and Claire in the bedroom that night after dinner that I only have one note about, but it's very important, which is she's talking about how something was going on in the surgery. And she says, I took some ether and then just keeps talking. And I'm like, I took some ether. Like I went to the store yeah, so I took a little ether, NBD, and then I blah blah blah. And Jamie, you can see Jamie Again, with the tiny little glasses. They've been doing this all season. All season, they've been setting up. Jamie is like, something is really up. When is she gonna talk to me about whatever the fuck is going on with her? Because something is really up. But like, I'm not gonna force this. Mm-hmm. But it's happened so many times, and every time he's more like, ha 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 ha. What's wrong with you? Right What's now? wrong Can with I my wife? Please on. let me help you. Yeah. You're my wife. But he's got his tiny little glasses on, and she's all like, I took some ether in. And it's like, ooh. All right, she's right on the edge. She's going to tell him. Yeah. You can feel it's coming. It's rough. Uh, she can't sleep. It's a full moon. And then fucking Lionel Brown shows up again, like he does too much in the episode. He follows her, and then she starts a voiceover, and I'm like, why? If you've got Lionel Brown here, why? Yeah. Well, I will say that is an interesting, that's a moment that I found super interesting because she has her voiceover. I was Dr. I was Claire. Who am I now? Claire Elizabeth Beecham, Dr. Randall, um, nurse, whatever, uh, Dr. Rawlings, blah, 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 which, um, 
murderer, mm. right? Like witch murderer. And then that's her voiceover. And then Lionel Brown says murderous is most appropriate. So it's like he enters her voiceover. That is, that is cool. It, it it's, it's very what, cool. That's I got a little actually, bit of shivers. That's, that's actually, actually kind of when we know yeah. that she's lost because then she goes downstairs and Jamie follows her down and you can still see Lionel when ja- when Jamie's in the frame. So that's Ooh. the first time we see him in the frame at the same time she as She tries people. to stop Jamie from going into the surgery like he's going to see Lionel Brown. It's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. I really just got rough. goose pimples like thinking yeah. about that. that I, yeah. They go to that. It's too much. Yeah. But that is the that best one was the good one. Because... For all that we sometimes complain about the voiceover, and of course there have been times that it was really good, yeah. but for all that we sometimes complain, it's Claire and it's her perspective because it's a, just a reminder that she is the lens through which we're seeing this. Yeah. Almost, not exclusively, but almost exclusively. Yeah. Right? Like we, even the things that she doesn't know, it's all still sort of in the context of her life. Mm-hmm. Like when is Brie going to tell her that she's pregnant? Mm-hmm. When is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? And we, and obviously in the last episode, it was really important that we were seeing things from Claire's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he comes into her voiceover, I mean, let's see both sides now, obviously was Frank's perspective. There's an episode where we get some Jamie voiceover mm-hmm. end of list. Was there never, there's never been Brie voiceover? Yeah, I don't think I so. No, no. Even mm-hmm. when she first came through the rocks on her own? No. Oh, okay. No. Maybe there was some, maybe we got some Roger voiceover in the hanging episode. Maybe. Um, but n- no. Mm-hmm. So it's, I thought that was a very cool choice. Yeah. I just wish they had done less of it. Mm-hmm. Because we don't need, because you know what? Katrina was selling that shit all on her own. Yeah, she was. She didn't need training wheels. And also, just the the very effective like camera shot of just having him quietly in the background while she's just having a scene with somebody was enough. Oh, like, yeah. They could have taken at least mm, maybe a quarter of his dialogue away. Honestly, frankly, if the only thing he had said is murderous is most appropriate, and that had been his only line in the oh. whole episode, and the rest of the time he had just he been in just the background, there. that would have been... Nightmare fuel. That would have been yeah. fucking yeah. It, That would have been like Bob from Twin Peaks. Yes, yes. Very again, Twin Peaks, Outland, yeah. David Lynch's Outlander. Um, it's it's an interesting vibe. But then um she gets through that, goes back to bed. I don't know, I don't remember how that resolves, but then it's the next day, and Ian tells Jamie and Claire that Lizzie is pregnant. Oh, well, briefly. So Ian runs into Lizzie and says, hey, have you seen the Beardsleys? I'm supposed to be taking them with me when I go. And Lizzie's like, what? Beardsleys? No. What? Nothing to see here. I'm fine. Everything's cool. Oh, yeah. She covered for them before. before. And then we cut away from it, right? Okay. And so at this point, Ian is like, listen, something's up. Mm. Lizzie told me, and we don't see this happen, but Lizzie told me she's preggers. And then Jamie's like, but men, who men, is it? men asks, who is father? And, um, you, what, you cannot name the father? And Ian goes, he just kind of shrugs and he goes, Beardsley. <laughs> and then Jamie's like, which one? And Ian Sorry. just is like, oh, buckle up. Here we go. <laughs> oh, uh, Lizzie is a freak, y'all. And I stand a poly queen. She <laughs> is having sex with both of those twins. Fuck. Well, at the same time. Ooh. 
So it's like at first you're like, not a, not exclusively, not a, but but it has happened, and so at first you're like, fuck yeah, have sex with whoever you want, and then you're like a little bit like, wait, twin brothers or that. Like, I don't know. That seems a little squidgy. Yeah. Her argument is that they're one soul. Two bodies, one soul. Okay. And in her defense, they seem to agree with that. Yeah. This is, they're doing it. Everybody is on board with this arrangement. Okay. Lizzie and her two boyfriends, who happen to be identical everywhere uh caitlin orion is very funny when she's talking to claire claire's like okay uh, can we have can we have the sex talk now it's, um, okay. and lizzie's so, like no i know everything can you uh, <laughs> tell me what happened and she's like oh well i wanted to tell you but i just i, I didn't know I, i'd say it feels so nice <laughs> i had it before but i can't you maybe came close once or twice and katrina's very funny in this scene the whole time she's like it's, it's, it's too much information that's too much information that's the great but i want to be supportive i want to be supportive yeah. be we supportive. don't kink shame in this surgery but um what, <laughs> what? <laughs> um Oh Basically, God. when she, when, when Jamie and Claire were off um, in Wilmington or whatever, when they went to get high with Flora <laughs> McDonald, yeah. um, Lizzie got malaria. Remember the yeah. ointment? The ointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. check out the ointment. She says buddy. you have to, um, uh, like she was, she felt the fever coming on. She, you have to rub it all over. And I'm going to be under the sheets. And then they wanted to warm her body up. So they get under too. And then it was, oh no, they might ruin their shirts. So they take off their shirts. And then everything was so slippery. Oh my God. And it yes, just it sort was a greased up threesome. Oh. Two of them being twin brothers. In a, in a malaria fit. Yeah. And the other one's got malaria. What the fuck? Wow. These people are straight freaks. They like to get it on. Man. The there g- is very obvious that this woman is having some good sex. She's getting it. But like she, hard. she's very funny. She, she just keeps going, they're identical everywhere. She's talking about like their nipple hair and shit. It's very, <laughs> the implication is That's that their the dicks are identical, yeah. but it's, but it just, the, this episode, <laughs> and one of the things this episode does really well is it's straight ridiculous, right? It's yeah. lotsy. It is. I was talking about them saving something for comic relief, right? Mm-hmm. That was this. I was like, they're obviously waiting. However, the context they take totally seriously, which is that everybody already thinks that Claire is a fucking witch and that Jamie had sex with this woman consensually or, or otherwise. And it's unclear what the situation is there and had this baby. And then her wife, Mar- like they and now there's another pregnant, possibly young woman. have oh, the yeah. woman in their house. This young woman is knocked up and apparently it's the two twins, which does not sound like a plausible lie. So then maybe everybody just thinks it's Jamie, right? Yeah. Like it's bad. It is bad timing. Yes. Ooh, bad um, look. And Lizzie recognizes this, uh, but also she's she's getting thoroughly railed, <laughs> yeah, and enjoying it very much. She is living her best fucking life with these guys. Good on her. So we gotta be like, yay, Lizzie! But then also challenging. You're gonna have to. That's, yeah. a, that's a challenging. So situation. Jamie basically um, is like, okay, well, time for me to. Yeah, I I wrote down Jamie's gonna talk to a twin. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like, I'll just go find one of them, I guess. I'm um, just going to go pick one of them, and we're going to do a hand fast ceremony like right now. Okay, because she's like two months along. So it's yeah. like, right, you got to be uh, now. Yeah. You got to be married now. Yeah. yeah. For these people that don't know anything about pregnancy yet or medicine or like get married now and it'll look like yeah. it was it, right? Yeah. yeah. And then there's this very specific scene where Mr. Bug talks shit to Roger about the hog slaughter. And I know it was about scaring the kid. Yeah, there are. We get two instances. First, Mrs. Bug is being an asshole to Claire about like living in a disreputable house. Mm-hmm. Then, um, Brianna tells Roger that Jemmy said that he overheard Mr. and Mrs. Bug talking about who can and can't go to heaven and ghosts and if you, whatever, you're a ghost. So he's um, scared now mm-hmm. of Malva's ghost. And he mm-hmm. then he asked Brianna, um, if I say my prayers or whatever, does that mean Granny won't turn me into a ghost too? So that Roger is. So now Jimmy's like, is my grandma a witch? Yeah. So Roger is pissed. He's like, Mister Bug may I have a word. Um, maybe don't talk about nightmare shit around my kid. And Mister Bug is like, well, they gotta grow up sometime. So I'm about to murder a pig. Did you want to help? No. Oh wait, you're a pussy. You're a pussy. That's exactly what he did, dude. Oh my it's God. really. That is it's really exactly wild. what he did. Oh my God. (laughs) I said, Mr. Bug, what's up with the hog slaughter taunt? Yeah. So the bugs are not happy with the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, it's bad. It's bad. Everything's, uh, everything's not coming up Millhouse. (laughs) It's the opposite. Oh my God. Opposite. My next notice, it does no good to quote, do not kill says the serial killer. So is this when Claire says to let's Jamie in a little bit? No, Roger says what he needs to to get ordained to be the richest minister. I've got a little bit of a time fuck here. So, well, we'll just push some stories forward. So there is a subplot in this episode, which is Roger figuring out that he, again, they've been dragging this out all season. Yeah, and why this episode, I guess, to pump it out? Yeah, Yeah. well, because Bree and Roger have to leave. Mm. It's, they're not, it's important that they're not there. Oh, right. It's destabilized. So essentially Roger is like, they ask him to perform the funeral. There's this very upsetting scene where they're getting ready to carry Malva's body out. We're not there yet. We're almost there. Okay. Mm. Um, basically Roger is figuring out that he wants to be a minister. Sure. Uh, and he tells Jamie that he thinks he couldn't fight in a war. Yeah. Like you couldn't fight with an army, but he could take up arms to defend people. They talk a little bit about, um, the brown town ass clowns that they killed when they were rescuing Claire. Yeah. Um, it's a good, it's a very good little Jamie Rogers scene. Yeah. And Roger's been trying to figure out what he's doing, like what his purpose is. Yes. So right. He's found his it. special purpose. Yeah. His special purpose. Um, but you're right. That's it's uh Roger that Jamie says that too. Yeah. He's like, it's all good to quote that shit. And I'm like, says the man who's killed. Like uh, he, he says in other versions, essentially he's like in other versions of the Bible, the word murder is used. It's, like that's not it's a it's a thing that happens yeah um roger's like um yeah by the way i think i want to be a minister yeah he's like cool dude all right sweet you're good at it get it thanks thanks boss Mm -hmm. very it's a nice little seat (laughs) i wrote down always meddling because lionel brown ass clown shit stir ghost had a moment where he said always meddling (laughs) and i really like that phrase (laughs) 
It's a little Scooby Doo ish. It is a little bit. <laughs> it sounds, especially if you do it in a pirate voice. Hey, Glyph! Yo, he's meddling. It's me, the Eva Mask. You're always meddling. <laughs> and then this is when I said, he's not even talking anymore. He's just her thoughts. Yeah, it's rough, man. Mm. And then this is one that makes Claire like really go off the deep end. Like she takes a lot of ether. Like she takes the thing and is like, Oh my God. And then we see Galus. Yeah. We get a little, glimpse. is that a flashback? Or this is like a yeah. weird, like thing, whatever. And th- so I think that means that Claire knows that the witch mob is coming. I think she, she knows. she knows that things are about to get real bad. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. um, because the, we, we hear Dougal, we hear Frank, we hear Galus, we hear people yeah. that have um, called her a liar, people that have suspected her, people that have, that think, well, in, in the case of Galus, Galus thinks that they are two peas in a pod. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Galus is a straight murderess. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Bad news. I mean, you know, we... We stand. We stand, Galus Duncan. Um, but th- that straight bitch is, she's a straight murderess. <laughs> she is and a killer. She's not a good person. Yeah. She, a fashion icon. Yes. Um, a compelling character, uh, but not a good, not a good person. <laughs> and then we have Malvis' funeral, and this there could not be Ugh. more drama. There could not be more drama. First of all, we see. Jamie and Claire coming up the stairs that they've dug into the hillside to get up to this church, right? Mm-hmm. Why are they late? They come into this funeral late. Like it's kind of already started. And here come the people that like, they think he's the guy that raped her. And then here's the woman that killed her. Obviously they have to be there cause they have to show that they're not afraid. Mm-hmm. But why be late? Bitch? Well, Maybe. Claire- Claire, don't want to talk to anybody? Well, Claire also probably just woke up. Um, she's she's going through some she's shit. She's also <laughs> still rocking her like military inspired no ruffles sort of. Her hair's grown out a little bit, yeah. but she's still got the very like it's aesthetic. It's melon out. I saw it a is screen, a great costume. I saw a so screenshot good. of her like one of her wig moments. And so mm-hmm. cool. Dig it. Yeah. But they come in and they sit in the back pew. And for some reason, I don't know why Tom Christie allows allowed it, but Roger is preaching at this funeral. Maybe it's because Tom Christie didn't think anybody else would do it. Because his well, daughter they're was not a Catholic. Whore. That's right. why. Ah, that's there's no right. priest, and they know Roger's not a minister. But Roger had been visiting the Christies, right? Like yeah. Roger was, is no. trying to be a support system yeah, to yeah. all of these people, mm-hmm. and um, so it's complicated, but. They're they're more down with Roger than they are with everybody else because okay. he's not a heathen. And Roger's doing a good job, and it's okay. And then all the Paul Bears, so like, get fucked face and Tom Christie and like all the people go up there to grab her casket, and there's obviously one spot left empty. And Jamie immediately, being Jamie, stands up and is like, I'll do it, and starts walking up there, and they're all like, no. Whoa. And he's like, oh, shit. And then... Ian does it. Yeah, Ian goes up and he's like, oh, "Good God, on you, Ian. Come on." And Let's then they start walking, and then Claire realizes that the baby's casket is still in the corner, not being carried out. And what does she do? <laughs> it's not the smartest thing it's she ever did. It's the stupidest. She fucking... gets up and she grabs it because she's going to carry it out, and then they're they out, get fucked think... face. It's like, put that 
down. He grabs it away from her, so it's like fucking high alive with the baby casket. Yeah, like it's, it's like terrible. The, they he lets go of the casket and Malva's <laughs> casket's like. Oh no! So all the oh my it's god! Bad. Oh, it's no. terrible. But also, there's something in the way that Alan feels. I got questions about I'll get fucked face and Malva. I have questions about what we may never know. Yeah. But it seems like he felt some sort of weird, like, uh, I won't say ownership because that's not the right word, but like he didn't want anybody else touching that baby's casket. Mm. Possessive. I'll yeah. just, yes, thank you. I'll yeah, just yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You took my sister from me, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so, drama. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It's all really bad. Um, but luckily, Lizzie is still fucking two identical twins. Hell yeah. So let's go back to that. So Jamie's finally like, we got to sort this shit out. So he, they find them. They've been hiding out in the stable, which is why, remember when she oh, had yeah. that? Because she was going to the stable to like she's keep it roll. on the down low and still fucking getting plugged. You know yeah, what I'm saying? she's getting rolled. And <laughs> they go in, they find him, they pull him out. And Jamie's like, all right, bitches. And he fucking breaks some straws. And he's like, whoever draws the long straw gets Lizzie, whatever. And they have to draw straws. And it looks like uh, Kezzy drew the straw that meant he had to get hand-fasted to Lizzie. Yeah. And then Josiah's like, bummer. <laughs> it's, um, Jamie's like, all right, so do you take her? Do you, do you? And Kezzy's like, uh, y- yes. And Lizzie's like, do you, do you take him? And Lizzie's like, do you, is this? Is this it? This is just. She's like, "Yep, bing, bang, boom. You're hand fast. <laughs> You're hand fast. I know it's got to be consecrated at some point, but it's fine now. Y'all can fuck. So, great. so and uh, now you great. gotta and go. And you and she points at Josiah. You gotta peace out until that baby's born, because this shit is weird. <laughs> and they all look very upset, right? <laughs> yeah. They're they're not about it. Yeah. But Lizzie and Kezzy are hand fast, as witnessed by multiple people. Mm-hmm. And Josiah. Needs to peace out. Mm-hmm. God, I love Lizzie. Spoiler. Josiah does not peace out. Josiah, come on. Oh, but wait. The way that it comes back is so good, and it makes you even respect Lizzie a little bit more. Yeah. Yep. This bitch. Yeah. What This happened? bitch. What'd you do? Wait, not yet. Oh. We gotta string that fun part out so that the rest of this <laughs> dour bullshit has something to land on. Sure, sure. So, Roger's... Loki obsessed with getting ordained. He cannot stop talking about it. He's talking to Brie about it again, and he's like, "What's best for my family?" Well, yeah, he's nervous about talking to Brie because he knows it's going to be complicated, yeah. and he doesn't want her, especially with all of the Amy McCallum stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've already seen an example of how this is going to make their lives more complicated. And Brianna, Sophie is really good in this scene. Brianna, to her credit, is like, "This makes perfect sense. You are great at it." So now let's have a practical conversation. My mom was and my always. Dad. On duty. Mm-hmm. She was always on duty. Mm-hmm. So she was constantly being called off to deal with her patients. Oh, sorry. My mom and your dad. Yes. Reverend Wakefield. As the right. son of a minister, mm-hmm. we both know what it's like to have parents whose jobs are essentially nonstop because they're always on call. So what happens to our kids? Yeah. What is yeah, that get it together? Like? Think about and it. And they have this really good, frank conversation <laughs> about... Um, 
about what that's going to look like. Like, what is it like when they're, when somebody's crying at their kitchen table and how, what's it going to be like when he's called away, but Jemmy needs him. And, um, and Roger says, I'm called to do this, but I was called to be your husband and his father first. So that will always be my priority. And they have this very nice little exchange. And then Roger's like, great. So there's a presbytery in Wilmington. Um, so we should start packing. And Bree's like, uh, and okay. she already has her hands full of a pile of clothes. I guess it was laundry day because at one point later we see fucking Richard's chonies and they're not looking good. <laughs> but she has this enormous, in this moment, has this enormous handful of clothes that she sets off to the side while she's talking to him. Yeah. And I'm like, it's a little too close to the candle. <laughs> yeah, we got to be careful. Like it was just like right here. Has she already worn that denim thing? I don't know. It's good. It's good. You know what I'm talking about yes. though, right? It was my... It was my favorite costume in the entire episode. We'll see if yeah. it's still in my notes. Okay. But um, that's because it's the one that's the most seventies. Yeah. Well, you know, it's what your I aesthetic. Like. Yeah. It's your aesthetic. You know what I fucking like. Everything's coming up starboard right now as far as the seventies <laughs> aesthetic. I just want everybody it's to true. know. I've been talking about this for like four years, and it's coming back hard. <laughs> so um, then we have a scene where Claire gets up out of bed, and we're all like, "Hey, Claire." Guess what's going on? Let's take some ether. Right, she gets up, and that's what we hey, think she's going to do. It's me, your old friend, the ether mask. <laughs> and she gets up, and Jamie's like immediately like, what's going on? And she's like, I'm just going to get a cup of tea. And I'm like, said the thing that all smokers have said to somebody at some point. Tea. Yeah. Do you know tea? tea. Cures all ills. Mm-hmm. Just a nice, wholesome cup of tea. And um, then she finds out that... Is Lizzie there? Does she have a full conversation with Lizzie where she finds out that Lizzie is the person that was running at her in the surgery? It wasn't. No, it um, it was Malva. Malva came and was trying to knock on the door. It's both. Oh. Okay. Basically, um, Lizzie is like wandering around the house and Claire yeah. comes up to her and is like, do. she had to pick a twin. Miss Beardsley, <laughs> it's, which is Mrs. Beardsley, I feel like you're avoiding me. And Lizzie's like, I'm not avoiding you. It's just as does Josiah really have to go? Claire's like, Mr. Fraser's made his decision. And, um, yeah, you know what? We got to at least, we got to postpone the whole thing where everybody starts gossiping about how you, how you've been fucking identical twins, at least for a while. So no, he's got to go. Like, I don't know if you know this, but I was recently found with my entire arms inside a dead body. (laughs) We can't ripping out a fetus and then sucking the breath out of it. Yeah. We like, we can't, we can't deal with this right now, Lizzie. I'm just going to need you to just fuck the one twin for a while. I'm just going to say that I don't float, but Lizzie says, Oh, I wasn't keeping it from you. I, Julie, that's dark. <laughs> that Sorry. was really took me a minute. fucking truth. <laughs> oh, God. My hands are tied. I don't float. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was thinking, sh- sh- shower thoughts. I was thinking about, um, <laughs> I was thinking about why, um, I think the Malva storyline has been so well handled. Uh, and I was, and I, this is also a, like a really well handled storyline in the books. Mm. Um, but I was very nervous about as the adaptation, as I've said before. Um, but I think the reason that it works in both is because it's a lot like Abigail Williams in, I was about to say Abigail Proctor, but that is not correct. Right. Abigail Williams in the crucible. In the wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, only not sexist. Um, mm-hmm. Because 
it's asking the question or here making clear that we don't have the answer to why someone would do this, mm. why someone would tell this lie. In the crucible, it's, well, she's telling this lie because she wants to fuck that guy. Yes. Like, here, that's, that's why. That's not clear. And that is, and she's out for revenge, and it's not, that is not clear at all. Mm. Um, so Malva is an enigma, um, but that's way better than being a stereotype. Yes. Right? Um, so when Claire is trying to figure out what, how the fuck she feels about all of this, Lizzie mentions, I wanted to tell you about it. I came up to the surgery on the day that Malva died and I knocked and knocked and knocked and you didn't answer to tell you I was pregnant. And now she's like, wait a minute. So maybe that was Lizzie. So Malva didn't knock on my door. No, it's that, it's that Lizzie, she has an alibi essentially Mm -hmm. because Claire was all, Claire saw Malva coming and took the ether and that's the portion of her time that she can't account for, yeah. right? She saw Malva coming. She took the ether. She woke up. Malva was dead. Yeah. What she now knows is that Mal- she saw Malva coming. She took the ether, and somewhere in between Malva coming up to the door and Claire waking up, Lizzie showed up Trying and was banging in. on the door. And Lizzie would have uh, noticed a dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's she's essentially Claire's alibi, which means she still had motive, and she still had means. <laughs> All right, Perry Mason. But she didn't have opportunity. <laughs> So uh, basically, she's like, "Yes, I'm not a murderer." And then Lionel Thanks, Brown is Lizzie. like, "Bitch, yes, you are. <laughs> oh. Just because you didn't do this doesn't mean you didn't do other shit." It's rough. This is uh, one of the creepiest shots of him. Yeah, because he's right by the door while she's like uh, on the extreme other side of the frame. It's just kind of like his shadow, and it's yeah. like, oh. Um, so. <clears throat> And then this is where mm, Katrina Balfrey owns her fucking Emmy. Yeah. This is the scene. This is it. Jamie comes down the stairs padding after her, remember? Because she's like, I gotta go to... Honey, I need some tea. Yeah, she's getting some tea. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's finally had enough and comes downstairs and she is obviously distraught. And this is the moment where she's like, don't go in there! Because she thinks that Lionel Brown is in the room. Yeah. It's obvious that things have started to blur enough for her that she she doesn't want him to go in the surgery. And Jamie is like, fuck you, bitch, I'm coming in here. What? Come here, tell me. And then Katrina, sorry, Claire, just tells him everything. She tells him everything. She tells him how she's been reliving all this trauma and how she can't control it anymore. This is the compartmentalization speech. Yeah. She really just vulnerably lays it out to this man because she trusts and respects and believes in him so much. You know what? He takes it. He takes it. And he's just happy that she would tell him this, right? Mm -hmm. And he comes back after she unburdens. She literally, like, unpacks everything. And he's like, remember... Remember Wentworth? You did this for me already. Yeah. He's basically, she's saying, I feel like I'm never going to have this darkness out of me. I'm never going to get over this. And Jamie says, well, uh, I mean, I, I did it. it, That's never going to be totally gone, but I will, I've been where you are and you got me through it. So please let me get you through it. It's very nice. It's so good. They're both very, very good in it. Katrina is on fire. Yeah, Katrina really is like, oh, like real crying, like kind of ugly, sniffling. ugly crying. Yeah, no, like single tear runs down the cheek, like no. puffy, yeah. face. really vulnerable, yeah. really scared, and just like finally <sighs> admitting to him that she's been having a rough time. Yeah, 
And then there's this beautiful shot where they hug and you see her like actually grab on. They make a point of showing her hands like grabbing onto him. And it's just such a relief Mm. because you've seen them. It's not like they haven't been connected, but she's been keeping all of this shit so locked up. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just really nice to see them sort of share this experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, I wrote (laughs) Katrina is very good at her job. She's extremely good Mm -hmm. at her job. Okay. Meanwhile, Lizzie is a shady bitch. So what's Lizzie doing? She shows up at Roger and Bree's house. Yeah. And she's like, I need to be hand fast. And it's like in the middle of the night. And this is where we see Roger's nasty chonies. Yeah. yeah Roger is, um, <laughs> wait, they, they, wait, they, have, they have woken Roger and Bree up Yeah, and Roger's shirt is looking not crisp. Cause remember, I don't know if you remember what Keenan told us about, yeah, about those this, long yeah. shirts they wrap under your yeah. taint and shit. Yeah. Well, it, Laundry day's been missing in the old Roger cabin. <laughs> so Lizzie's like, we just, I'm pregnant. Um, uh, I need to be hand fast. Please come outside. You're the closest thing I know to. Yeah. And th- hold on. What's going on here? Hold on. Hold on. Uh, Roger's like, but I'm not a priest. Lizzie's like, yeah, but so I'm, I'm knocked up. So we got to do this and there won't be a priest for a long time. So can you hand fast us? And priest's like, well. You just did say you want to be a minister. And Roger says, okay, well, let me go put some pants on because I'm not doing my first marriage. Bare ass. Bare ass. And then he walks away and the long shirt down halfway through his thighs is just like kind of a sea gray at the bottom. Oh, it's gross. God. And you're like, damn, Jones. Yeah. But you know what? Props to Allender for showing how those things actually work. Yeah. yeah. Like that's really what that shirt would look like. So yeah. Roger <laughs> hand fasts Lizzie and... Josiah Beardsley. What yeah! the fuck? Pim, pim! <laughs> yeah, she figured Jesus it out. Christ. Now she's hand fast to both twins. Lizzie. There is a little. There's a little extra detail in the in the book um, that they remove whatever scar. Um, I think Josiah had on his hand or something. Oh, the thief. The yeah, thief thing. so that you can no longer tell the difference you can't tell who is who Mm. visually um because lizzie required that to get off no because that way they can't they don't know who to send away it's there she's just trying to outsmart jamie yeah they don't know who to send away because they can't tell which twin is which so they're like we'll never tell we're both josiah and kaziah beardsley wow wow yeah i mean damn poly power thruple dude have your cake and eat it too yeah, eat Gee. two cakes. Yeah, yeah. fucking double layered. And yeah. take a prenatal vitamin. And yeah. triple stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> they they obviously love each other very much. They do. Yeah. But also... <laughs> Good grief. So Roger and Brie are taken off. Yeah. That's like, that's... This comes out when Roger's like, oh yeah, last night I did my first hand fast and Claire, Claire and Jamie are like, wait, what? Just, excuse me? What? what? Oh, Josiah. So, oh, oh shit. well, motherfucking mother Lizzie got smarter Damn. than we thought. Shit, Lizzie. What are we doing with all these smart bitches on this mountain? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And uh, yeah, Jamie finds out about it, and then all of a sudden, we hear a whole bunch of horse hooves. Oh no! Big old posse showing up <laughs> on the ridge, and here comes the surviving Brown with a small army. <laughs> 
because he knows that if he tries to come up to Jamie's house and say, I accuse your wife of murder, Jamie's going to come out swinging. So instead, he's got a little army with yeah. him. Oh, no. So he comes up and he says, I'm going to charge your wife with murder. Oh, no. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, no. Well, yeah. we all knew it was coming. Yeah, that's true. It was an entire episode of knowing it was coming. Yeah. So. Except for the fucking Lizzie Thruple shit. That was. <laughs> um, so on a, let's do some scales. Okay. Uh, on a, on a, the, let's do the getting up to get a beer scale. Uh, are we talking um, on the low end? Ken Burns baseball. And on the high end, we, we got to play the hits. Yeah. It's Janine's last show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not Janine's last show. Janine's last in-person show. Yeah. Yes. Um, for a while. Um, for the foreseeable future. So uh, on the low end, Ken Burns baseball. On the high end, specifically the section of speed where they realize that a part of the freeway is missing and they're going to have to jump. God. Wait, which scale is this? This is getting up getting, to get a beer. Getting up to get a beer. Well, it's definitely not the fucking speed scene. It's not. That's a good scene. <sighs> I'm going to try to think of thruples. I'm going to say it's getting up to get a beer is probably like chasing Amy. Like any time, any time I would have gotten up to get a beer. Yeah. You're engaged, but But there's not a, you don't feel like you're going to miss anything if you're gone for 30 seconds because whatever you miss is going to get reinforced later. Yeah. It's clear that they're like, it's, repa- it's a repetitive thing. episode. That's very good. That's a very yeah, good scale. Yeah, that's good. That's nice. All right, costumes. Um, so let's go, um, what's the name of that? Roller disco? Um, roll bounce. Roll bounce. High end is roll bounce. Mm-hmm. Low end, let's say, um, Ken Burns Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely higher than Ken Burns Baseball because... I, I know I mentioned it, but we didn't really get to talk about it. There is a costume in this episode that Brie wears. I don't remember the skirt part of it. I just remember the top part of it. Mm-hmm. It looked like denim. It looked like it was denim. Cool. It's the it's the uh, the costume 18th century equivalent of, oh, yeah, all right. Take, Take it easy, baby. Yeah. I make it last all night. Yeah, it's good. But she, it's like a top that's this blue woven thing that just looks like denim and it's got a very 70s silhouette oh cool and you know how i roll yeah and she already said roll bounce because she knew i was gonna go 70s on it oh neil's somewhere um what is a movie with 70s shit in it where the 70s shit is not the focus um what's that mark Wahlberg movie where he's a porn star? Oh, no. The 70s is the focus. 70s, oh, 80s right. is the focus. Like, if there's something where there's a flashback. Oh. Wow. Um, I don't know. I, I got nothing. It's, uh, something that has 70s themes but doesn't focus on the 70s. Can you think of anything? Um, I'm thinking like a Will Ferrell movie where they flashback to him being a kid, but it's not about that moment. But I can't think of which Will Ferrell movie that would be. What if it's the... No, I got nothing, dude. I got nothing. It's it's fine. There are good costumes, but it's a, it's, it's a, not about it's costumes. a shrug of an episode. Sure, yeah, but shrug. with uh, with a couple of good costumes. Yeah. All right, and um and <laughs> the doing it scale. <laughs> now we should acknowledge there's no sex in this episode. None. However, right. it does not matter. Yeah, it still sounds like it slaps. Well, until you get to a point where you consider, at least in my my opinion, hell yeah for Lizzie getting what she wants, but it's also like 
two yeah. twin brothers getting with it? I, I, I don't know. There's just I something. should clarify. They're definitely not fucking. No, no. <laughs> no. It, Josiah and Keziah are not boning. But yeah. they're still in the same room. Like, just thinking about siblings being in the same area while this shit is happening is just not to my taste. Sure. So I, I'm proud of Lizzie for getting what she wants. But it's also, to me, in my opinion, once again... Just a little bit weird that it's brothers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So that makes it East of Eden. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, And who is, uh, I mean, the the platinum pamphlet for this episode is obviously Katrina. She just annihilated it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that was, that was a delight. <laughs> Sorry. I had to get myself, I had to get myself there. Oh God. Um, so that's gonna, that's gonna do it for us. Um, we want to thank everybody for listening. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlendercast. You can find us on Twitter at pod, for now at least. For now. Uh, at podlendercast. You can find us on Instagram at podlendercast and also podlender presents and also sick burn Jane and I, that's it's just that those three i don't know why i was going to pretend like there were more there um, will be more you can also find us on patreon at patreon.com slash podlander drunkcast where you can support the show um get access to our crowdcasts such as the crowdcast that we are doing to properly send janine off at the end of the season which i will say now is may 7th nope that's nope, our live that's show. Our live show i'm sorry everyone i don't know shit <laughs> it's really true you don't okay um I know John Steinbeck novels. It's 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 May fifteen. It's May fifteen. Um, you can join us on May. F- patrons can join us on May fifteen for uh, the wake for Janine's funeral that was originally scheduled um, for last week, and then some stuff came up and we couldn't do it. So um, it is May fifteenth, right? It's May fifteenth. It's May fifteenth. That's, it's a, May. that's a Sunday. It's May fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's May fifteenth. What you can find it on our crowdcast. Anyway, you can support the. Through Patreon and get access to that, as well as Janine's Corner, like the Janine's Corner we're about to record, while Julie sticks her fingers in her ears and goes yeah. la 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 la, and I tell them about a certain event that happened and go tell the bees where I'm when I'm with that thing. Um, patreoncom slash We want to thank all of our patrons, but especially the following wonderful people: Kelly Armstrong, Sydney Taylor, BG, Jess Bree, Catspaw One Five Six, Maddie Perkins, Nazanak, Lisa Brian, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Emily Day, Betsy English. Julia's dabbing, guys. Caitlin Reddick, Jen Collins, Ashley Tegas, and Tina Barnett, Nicole Rodriguez, Kristen Freckle, Fury, Laura Colm, Amelia Bazell, Liz, and Tinkerbell, Stella Welch, Tori Halligan, Claire Feeney, Rochelle Lafever, Jerry Hurdle, Amy Carlson, Amy Gust- Emily Carlson, Amy Gustafson. Now, now they're trying to floss. Uh, Rachel Townsend, Kelly Mazzella, Chantel Salters, Mary the Falling Statue, Tara Lakino, Viv Pickles, aka Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Polkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCurry, Julie DeToy, Jen Lynn, Kelly Bodden, Noon, and Kiki. The, the Wise! wise. Uh, and we especially want to thank our dear friend Janine, Mr. Aaron Pagel. Thanks for everything, dude. Yeah, it's been fun. We will be talking next week, um, and I'm, I'm sure he, that he will be back from time to time, but cheers we love you dude congratulations love you too it's gonna be the shit yeah it's a new adventure and just think every once in a while i'm just gonna text you and it's just gonna say some batshit crazy thing and you're gonna have to guess whether or not it actually happened on outlander (laughs) (laughs) can't wait bye bye